Welcome to Healthcare IT Today. I'm John Lynn, together with my colleague and friend, Colin Hung. The world of technology and healthcare, ever-changing in new and novel ways. And that's why we love this stuff. So join us as we discuss the latest healthcare and health ID news, meshed together in new ways which help generate ideas and new perspectives. Plus, we'll have a little fun along the way. On today's episode, we'll be discussing our 2020 health IT predictions. We're going to see if we can uh, predict the future. I got my magic ball ready. <laughs> and be sure to follow the show on Twitter at the hashtag HITSM and our personal accounts at TechGuy and at Colin underscore Hung. Plus, check out our 13 years of health IT blog content at healthcareidtoday.com. You get it predicting the future, Colin? Uh, no, otherwise I would be living in Vegas <laughs> if, I, if I could predict the future. So, uh, that's no, different predictions, remember. right? The gambling is that's a different prediction. Yours is an educated prediction in health IT. Sure, <laughs> we can make as many educated uh, predictions as we want because you know, um, you know, only our friends are going to help us keep score because I'm sure they're going to remind us when they see us in 2020, like, hey, Colin, you got it completely wrong about the fact that you know. <laughs> Google was going to take over the world. Oh, wait, they've already done that. Sorry. <laughs> Next year, we're going to do an episode called uh, Where Colin Was Right and Where Colin Was Wrong. And uh, where John was <laughs> yeah. right, where John was wrong. And we'll review our predictions and we'll, we'll you know, we, there have, hopefully there's some right too. <laughs> there you go. Hopefully, we'll get one out of five, right? No, it's going to be fun. I mean, it's the, end of the, it's the end of the year. It's the end of the decade. So it's kind of fun to look forward and kind of base you know, on all the shows that you and I go to, all the people we talk to, and just kind of see where you and I think things are going to go next year. Well, in baseball, if you get two out of five, that's a Hall of Fame career. So that's good. There you go. <laughs> there you go. So why don't we start, John? Let me ask you, what will be the biggest success that we're going to be talking about in 2020? So I actually, uh, I, you know, I'm kind of going to spoil this, the second topic as well, but I think we're going to see the biggest success from Amazon. Amazon is going to be the biggest success in healthcare. I think they're going to do something to really change the game. So I think they're going to be really successful. I actually think uh, Google's going to be quite successful. And I think Microsoft and Apple are probably going to be on the other end, although I don't want to spoil the failure. <laughs> <laughs> Okay. All right. I mean, well, you picked one of mine. I definitely would say Google is going to be most one of the biggest successes in 2020. I mean, they've had their little, um, you know, a little bit of tarnish on them right now because of the latest stories with Ascension and all that kind of stuff. But I think overall, we're going to see some pretty impressive things uh, from Google, not, not only in terms of their cloud, but also, of course, with their analytics and all the other work that they're doing, the strategic hires they've made. I think that they're going to be successful in 2020. And that's certainly my big company pick of stories that we're going to be talking about next year. Uh, on the smaller yeah, scale, I would though, argue I, that, yeah. Colin, I would argue that the fact that they failed on that, you know, kind of they had a little tarnish from the Ascension privacy issue is actually going to make them stronger and is why they're going to be successful. I think I, I hope so, <laughs> and that's why I'm putting my prediction there. I think they're a company that has shown to be able to learn from mistakes. I mean, we we all know about the failure of G, Google Plus, right? And they learned from that, and they're doing other things now. And you know, they learn from. I think they've learned from their, uh, you know, their foray into personal uh, health records, and they're applying that now to the things they're doing. So I think with the acquisition of Fitbit and with some of the other things they're doing, uh, I think they're poised for some pretty big success in 2020. 
Yeah, and even more so is Karen DeSalvo and the other healthcare leaders they've brought on board. That's really good. And that's actually why I like Amazon as well. They have some really good health chops there in their leadership, but also their reach. So, so who is the small company you're looking at? Yeah, so I think on the smaller scale, I don't have one in particular, but I was going to say a, a successful area, I think, uh, in 2020 is going to be uh, something that you and I have spoken about before, but revenue cycle. I think is actually going to be an area where we're going to to see some pretty good success in 2020. And when I say success, I don't mean that, you know, the software is going to be, you know, going like gamebusters. I mean, actually that the, the workflow, the focus on uh, return, the focus on patient experience, I think that's finally going to be an area where people go, you know what, we have made this a lot easier now. you know, I'm so I'm looking at that area, and I'm just seeing some of the the new systems that are coming out, some of the new the partnerships with banks, partnerships with with people where they you know they can put patients in contact with foundations to get financial assistance. I see all of that sort of happening in the RCM space, and I think that'll be one of the success areas that we're going to be talking about in 2020 on the smaller scale. Nice, and I'll throw out a smaller company, although they're not that small, uh, is Zelf. I just think they have the right partners with the large health systems, and I think that's just going to explode in 2020 for them. I think they're a little bit ahead of the curve. Uh, you know, they probably were early to market, but I think 2020 is going to be a breakout year for many of them. Uh, I just think they've set put together the right partnerships to really grow what they're doing and make it successful. And then, you know, they're they're really an interesting platform for a wide variety of startup companies. Uh, another example of that is Baby Scripts, who I think is doing some really really interesting stuff in the maternal care space. And so Zelf will be able to ride the success of companies like Baby Scripts that they're able to connect across a wide variety of health systems. So there's a little smaller company that I think will have a great success in 2020. Nice, good choice. I just was listening to their CEO speak at a recent conference in Pittsburgh. Um, so uh, I definitely agree with you that Zelf is uh, definitely a company that will be fun to watch in 2020, not to spoil our topic number three. But uh, so we've talked about successes, John, we gotta, we, and we've got to talk about the opposite. I mean, it wouldn't be a show if we didn't talk, if we were too positive. So let's talk about the disasters. Who or what is going to be the biggest disasters we're going to be talking about in 2020? So I, I will make a kind of a dual prediction. I think uh, I think a really large company is going to get go down, and I think it's probably going to be an EHR vendor who's going to have some sort of big privacy breach or a big uh, you know some something that just literally takes down their business, and and uh, you know I think that it, it probably won't disappear completely. It will get acquired you know by all scripts or or you know someone that loves to take in the uh, the the bygone uh, EHR vendors but so I predict one of them is just going to have some massive breach or breach of ethics or something along those lines that's just going to take them down and just they're going to basically disappear probably get acquired or you know aqua hire essentially uh, for their customers and then on the provider side I think we're going to see something where you know a, a probably a breach as well but it could also be a internal breach uh, i'm not sure if it's necessarily a me too or you know something along those lines where uh, a whole organization it organization comes down could be a uh, medicare fraud or something along those lines instead of, of something along the me too and we're going to see that at a large organization uh, the interesting thing is 
I don't think it's going to take down the healthcare organization, but it's going to make a lot of news. It's going to tarnish their brand and reputation. It's going to be a real challenging thing for this organization to come back from. But uh, you know, the interesting thing is it won't disappear. Probably just get rebranded, and you know, the hospitals and health systems need to stay there. So, unfortunately, uh, or fortunately, depending on how you look at it, uh, they, you know, they're going to survive. But so, you know, that's my I think going to be my big disaster is this health system just being like wow i can't believe that was happening cool i'm gonna go with two as well but different than yours which is good uh so uh from a a, a non-health it but a healthcare perspective i think the biggest disaster we're going to be talking about in 2020 is actually the uh equal pay uh and the gender gap in uh and how frankly uh, women are treated in in the medical system uh, I think that much like you know, how healthcare kind of lags behind the rest of the industries, I think it's going to finally hit the medical industry in the sense of, you know, are we really paying people the same? Are we really treating them the same? I think that the old boys club stories, I think unfortunately are going to come out uh, and they're going to be a little bit of egg on the face of, of a lot of people. Um, you know, I, and, I, and I think it's time that these stories start to come out and uh, I think healthcare will be stronger for it, but I think it's going to go through some of that sort of soul searching and some of the, uh, some of the, the looking inwards that other industries have had to do, uh, but healthcare doesn't seem to have happened quite yet. So I think that from a non-IT perspective will be the story we'll be talking about in 2020. On the IT it's side... It's interesting you say that though. Real quick, mm -hmm. uh, it's interesting because... Healthcare is unique because it has its girls club known as the nurses, right? And so maybe that's why they've avoided it. I don't know for sure, right? Like, uh, you know, we've started to see it come out with the doctors and even IT professionals and people. But, you know, they, they've been, I think they've been able to avoid it by saying, oh, yeah, we're 50-50 female male because there's so many nurses that are female. So I, I wonder how that dynamic will play into it. But, yeah, that's an interesting prediction. Well, and, and, I, and I think, you know, I think that's that's sort of what has kept things in balance because there are uh, there are so many female nurses. Right. And so when you look at the industry as a whole, you go, well, there's there's the numbers are about the same. However, when you look at the the, the female surgeons, you look at female um, administrators, CEOs, uh, CIOs, even and the numbers are very small um, and disproportionately small compared to where they should be. Uh, so I think that's where we're going to start to see some of that. Hey, like the way that, the, you know, uh, the way that, uh, you know, the promotions happen, the way the pay scales happen. I think that's going to come to light in 2020. Uh, we have the data. <laughs> we have the data. Now. Uh, sorry, from an IT perspective, I think one of the biggest disasters in 2020 we'll be talking about is uh, actually something around reputation, kind of borrowing what you're saying, John, but I don't think it's going to be a breach. I actually think it's going to be unhealthy or monopoly type of behavior from certain companies. And why I say that is because uh, one of the stories I'm looking forward to in 2020 or very soon is the new rule around information blocking. And some of the practices that companies have used to essentially, uh, you know, uh, <laughs> uh, bilk <laughs> or, or milk <laughs> uh, their clients uh, in order to access their own data, I think those are going to come to light. And I think, as you pointed out, I think some companies are going to have a lot of explaining to do and some won't survive because of it. 
But the stories of, you know, forcing partners to give up 20% of their ongoing revenues just to be able to access APIs, I think those are going to come out. And I think people are going to scratch their heads going, why we want, why would we want to do business with a company like that? Right? And before, this was all hidden. In fact, it was probably written in the contracts they probably couldn't talk about. <laughs> uh, but I think those stories are going to come to light because now there's going to be legislation that says, hey, you can't actually do that. And I think we're going to be in for a flood of stories around, you know, un, these sort of uncouth or un, <laughs> un, uh, uncapitalistic business practices. Yeah, so we had too big to fail in the uh, economic industry. I wonder if uh, too big is a problem in healthcare in a different way as far as not too big to fail, but too big to operate efficiently, to operate effectively. You know, I think there are some real interesting monopoly concerns in healthcare because of all the acquisitions. And I can see that really hitting the fan. Yeah, I think that's gonna be some of the disasters that we're gonna be talking about in 2020. But hey, if you're just tuning in, you're listening to Healthcare IT Today with John Lin and Colin Hung. Please take a minute to check out our story archives at healthcareittoday.com. Also, please take a minute to rate and review us wherever you're listening to this episode. And let John know what he's doing wrong on Twitter using his hashtag, <laughs> using his handle at techguy. And let me know how uh, all the good stuff that I'm doing at, at Colin underscore Hunk. Like that, John? Uh, yeah. It seems Got appropriate, you know. <laughs> I seem to be losing the other competitions on Twitter, so I gotta like force the issue here. <laughs> hey, I'll take all the constructive feedback I want. That's the best education possible. <laughs> there you go. There you go. All right. So we talked about you know success stories. We've talked about potential disasters. John, what's or who or what is on your list of things to watch in 2020? Yeah, so I, the things that are making me most excited are actually the provider innovation groups. So, yeah, I talked to a lot of vendors and, you know, some of them are exciting. And, you know, no doubt I met one today talking about analytics to help with drug diversion. And I think that's powerful and exciting. That's really great. But what I've found is that the innovation organizations at hospitals and health systems are some of the most exciting things that are happening, especially when they're tied directly to an operational outcome. I met this amazing uh, op uh, innovation leader from, I think it was Houston Methodist, so a Houston hospital. She actually runs their largest flagship hospital. But then she also is in charge of all the innovation. And what had happened is she actually went to her team and said, hey, let's do a meeting of all these digital health nerds, basically people that were just passionate about digital health and all that it could offer. She formerly worked in, I believe, the, the Clinton or Obama administration doing policy work. So she understands where that is. She runs the hospital and then she runs their innovation group with a bunch of other operators. And all of those people have kept operations roles. It's like those people are the really exciting ones because not only can they go and discover what's innovative, but they can right. operationalize it. So they have to eat what they do and be responsible for what they do. Gotcha. Yeah, so, uh, that's that's super interesting. And yeah, there's all these super women that, uh, well, super people that are, you know, really incredible to watch. Uh, one of the ones sort of in the vein of what you're talking about uh, Neil, uh, I would say Neil Gones and the Dice Group over in, uh, is one group that's sort of an internal innovation group that I'm kind of excited to watch for in 2020. Uh, I like their tie to 
the things that they're doing internally at the hospital, and they're not all about the latest and greatest technology. They're about really taking a look at the workflow, really taking a look at how they can eliminate steps and take things out of the process. I really, like you, kind of love that approach to innovation. And I think these uh, internal organizations are really going to be uh, fun folks to watch in 2020. Another one that I'm really excited about is I, I just did an interview with uh, Improvada, pretty fascinating company. I've always thought they were well positioned because they are kind of the only ones that do what they do. And they've really captured that single sign-on approach and even the two-factor authentication, the digital identity. And, you know, it made me pretty excited to think that they're working on the patient identity side of things as well. Uh, you know, I heard someone say that they before they were re retired, they were hoping to have finally have a national patient identifier. Uh, that's all great and good. And I think it's needed and necessary and we should do that. But even more important than that is some digital solutions because a national patient identifier doesn't solve the John Doe problem. It doesn't really create a verified identity if I'm standing in front of you. And so there are ways to create that verified identity. And, you know, I would just think about the time I was crossing the border from Jordan to Israel and they said, what was the address of where you lived? And I'm like, how in the world does somewhere across the world on the border, this little border town of Jordan into Israel knows where I lived and knows where my dad was from. And yet, you know, in healthcare, when I walk into a hospital, they have no idea who I am and aren't using that that type of data to really verify my digital identity. So I think I think Improvada is well positioned. They'll probably leverage some other people like Equifax and other people like that to be able to verify the identity. But I think that's a real opportunity and a real problem for healthcare. I've got a couple of companies to watch. I mean, there probably won't be surprising to people who read my columns and stuff. Uh, you know, one for me is, is Point Click Care, uh, the large uh, EHR vendor that plays in the post-acute world. Uh, they've made a lot of strategic acquisitions uh, in that world, uh, home care, uh, in the senior care, senior living, uh, care and age in place kind of software. I think they're doing some really exciting things. And on top of that, what gets me most excited about what they're doing is the work they're, do, they're doing on Harmony, which is the ability, which is the platform that will allow post-acute facilities to communicate better with their acute care partners. So to really make the transition of care a lot safer and smoother for patients, everything from medical reconciliation to uh, sharing of doctor's notes and allowing uh, healthcare organizations or hospitals to see the cases and the people that are in their post-acute partners. So I think they're, they're definitely one to watch. And plus, I just like their whole ecosystem. I think it's really cool to see all the people involved there. Uh, another company that I'm kind of keeping my eyes on is Information Builders. Uh, this is a company that, you know, have been sort of warm, been warming up to, but have been seeing a lot of the progress they're making in healthcare. And especially now with the, you know, giant data lakes that we're, we, everyone has got and, and trying to make sense of it and kind of visualize it. I think what Information Builders is doing, which is taking sort of a templated approach to help keep people get started, uh, and by helping you know people uh, with pre-made templates around quality measures, around costs, uh, is a really interesting and great approach because it allows people to get running up and running so quickly, and then quick quickly get to some of the more deeper analytics and things down the road. And lastly, I'll say one other company I'm interested in keeping my eye on is, is Tiger Connect. 
so they've transformed from just being a texting tool now and they really put a big focus on workflow uh, and digitally enabled workflow. So I'm kind of really uh, interested to watch them and see what happens with them in 2020. Yeah, I'm I'm more interested in PerfectServe, uh, who's been rolling up the uh, secure text companies. I'm interested to see how they do, especially with the acquisition of Telmedic and some others. Uh, that'll be interesting. Although Volt with Hill Rom is a is a really interesting competitor in that space, and and you know Vocera obviously is doing a lot of good work. Spoke is uh, is also in there, so it's going to be a battle between those companies, I think, for that space. But how it's ironic totally would it be if Point Click Care? <laughs> was the one that solves the healthcare interoperability problem, <laughs> you know, like, yeah. that they really push it forward, like a post-acute care company, like that's sad, but it's great that they're doing that work. No, it is. And then, you know, on top of that, they're also one of these companies that did not grow up big uh, because of, in, of dollars, right? They, you know, post-acute was not part of all those meaningful use dollars that flowed into the system. Yeah, they suffered because of it. <laughs> right. But, and yeah, so either you can look at that as a, as a disadvantage or an advantage. And I think in, in their case, it turned out to be an advantage. Their, their market grew up with them as opposed to artificially was inflated by, by all these dollars floating in. So anyway, it's interesting. It'll be definitely uh, some interesting things to watch in 2020. And I can't think of a better way, John, than end this episode by talking about what are the fun things or interesting things that you and I are both looking forward to on a personal level in 2020, whether it's a fun conference or an event or something. What are you looking forward to, John, in, in 2020? Yeah, I mean, uh, I, of course, I have to mention the HitMic conference in 2020. Uh, you know, anytime the healthcare marketing community comes together, it's a good time. And I'm excited to bring them back to my hometown in Vegas, which is always a great time. And, you know, the interesting thing is we could go to, you know, we could go to North Dakota and we'd have a great time. So, But you add in Vegas and a great community and, uh, you know, that, that's just incredible. But, you know, I mean, there are a lot of things I'm, I'm looking forward to in 2020. I think there's a lot of regulation coming down. We talked about the information blocking and things like that. I'm interested to see where that all comes together. But I think I'm more interested in seeing what happens with APIs. I think the EHR vendors are finally getting behind it with a little bit of extra energy. And I think 2020 will open that up in a big way. And we'll start to see innovations that we've been waiting for for many years. Uh, if it was talking to even a company today, they don't necessarily use the API. You use access to the data to be able to do it. And it was fascinating. If I, After we talked about their product and their solution and how they bring EHR data and ERP data and cabinet data and, you know, and even Kronos like workforce system data together. And then we talked about it and we're like, you know what's interesting? If meaningful use hadn't come along, you wouldn't exist. You wouldn't have this data. You wouldn't be able to do this. So, you know, it's like, yeah, you know, EHRs are still not usable. They're, they're you know, they're part of the burnout problem and they could be better than they are today. But there's a whole suite of products out there and solutions that are now going to be possible because of APIs into the EHR and access to the EHR data to be able to understand things like drug diversion and things like uh, inappropriate use of data or inappropriate prescribing habits or, you know, all of these things that are going to be happening in 2020. Those are now possible because we went on the EHR. Yeah, the data is not perfect. Yeah, it's not as usable as we'd like. But man, what potential and what opportunity is there yeah you know 
I'm I like you how are getting excited about that. I am getting super excited and looking forward to reading more stories and writing more stories about the uh, focus on social determinants of health. Uh, to me, that's sort of a very exciting area, uh, and I'm looking forward to hearing more. I don't think, we're, obviously, we're not going to solve it, but I think we're finally going to make meaningful progress towards understanding it and looking at it and surfacing information so that people can make decisions. You know, again, I go back to the example of there's why can't a doctor look at the financial health of one of their patients and go, oh, you know what, I can't recommend this treatment because it's not going to fit into where you are right now. So instead, why don't I recommend this? You know, that should be part of the care you receive. And, and I think in 2020, we're going to start to see some of this kind of creeping in. And I'm looking forward to seeing how social determinants work their way into uh, everyday care, as opposed to sort of being just part of the population health programs, right? Like SDOH needs to be factored into all of care at all levels. And uh, I'm excited to kind of see that in 2020. Uh, some of the more fun things I'm looking forward to, John, of course, I'm looking forward to hymns. Uh, you know, and nothing like, you know, getting together with 48,000 of your friends, right, and colleagues <laughs> Our closest in Orlando, <laughs> in Orlando, which is where I am today, actually. Uh, I'm pre-scouting for hymns, is, that's what I'm doing. Uh, no, but but uh, I always, it's always a great time just to see everyone, to see uh, who's creating the buzz, to see what the latest buzz is going to be. And of course, just to, you know, get, have the opportunity to take that wonderful team photo, the uh, HCLDR, uh, HITSM, you know, photo that we take every year on the steps. And I think that's a lot of fun. And just, you know, people we don't see for years, probably one of the few times for that. Hitmic, uh, Expo, uh, health event uh, will, will be fun. And it's just, you know, I love going to conferences, right? As much as I complain about it, I, I do love it. And so that's what I'm looking forward to the most. Well, people is always the best part of uh, anything in life, I think. So uh, that, that makes sense from the conference perspective. Interestingly, I would actually, I'm more bare on uh, SDOH. I think it's exciting. I think it's essential. And I think we won't make any progress on it in 2020. So, you know, I guess I'm uh, I'm on the other end for you uh, in that regard. Uh, I, I, I think we need to, but I just think the infrastructure and the payment mechanisms and all that are not there the doctors aren't ready to do it. We don't have the other people ready to do it. So anyway, I, I think it's needed, but uh, I, I think 2020 is good. At the end, we're going to look at it and say, man, we're still where we're at, where we were in 2019. Well, and actually, John, that may be something I'm actually looking forward to, and I'm sure our listeners are too, right? I'm looking forward to disagreeing with you more on this uh, show in 2020 <laughs> so that we can have more back and forth and more meaningful discussion. Because, you know, for the first few, you and I were in, in violent agreement. And now, lately, we're starting to get a little bit opposite sides, which is which will make for a much more fun conversation. I love disagreeing with you, Colin, anytime. <laughs> <laughs> well, that brings us to the end. So thank you to all of you who have tuned in to this episode of Healthcare IT Today. Find out more details about our show by checking out the programs page on healthcarenowradio.com. And share your voice and give us your feedback by using the hashtag HITSM on Twitter or by going to our website, healthcareittoday.com. I'm Colin Hong, along with my friend and co-conspirator, John Lynn. Thanks for listening, and have a great week.